out the corner of my eyes, I saw this creature, which was uh, over six foot tall, with feathers. It, it just looked like a giant bird, but yet a man. Hey everyone, this is Mothboy Matt. This is Jake, definitely not Mothboy Jake. <laughs> and this is Mothboy Mike. And we are Mothboys, a podcast on cryptids, conspiracies, and the unknown. Unknown. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Uh, I'm good. Matt's good? How's the listeners? How are the listeners? Can you I'm going to put my ear to, to, to your computer screen or yeah. your smartphone screen. How are you, listeners? How is everybody? Kiss me through the phone. No. Wait. Matt, right. No. God. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, that's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> same. Same. I, uh, so we got a few things coming up, boys. We have Flatwoods Monster Fest, September 7th. And that's where you get to meet the, the only moth boy that matters, Mike. Yep. yep. I'm the only one in attendance. The other one's bailed. They're not true fans of uh, the whole, whatever, paranormal. We're not going to talk about that. That's fine, though. They're not big into it. But yeah, you know, so if you want to get your Moth Boys merch, but don't want to deal with awful Jake or Matt, yeah. uh, miserable Matt, uh, yep. miserable as, as some people call him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why my then, mom calls me. That's <laughs> come to the flat. <laughs> my mama calls me Miserable Maddie. <laughs> They come to the Flatwoods Fest because you just got Mike. You yep. got the only bearable moth boy. Yep. Yeah. We're going to be selling. We're going to have t-shirts, uh, totes, posters, pins, patches. Huh. Stickers. Stickers. That's another one. What else are we going to have? Um, and hugs. And hugs. If you got, oh, Free hugs. Why did you just offer up hugs from me? I don't. What if I don't want yeah, to give people hugs? Mike loves giving hugs. He loves human contact. He's like, he likes, Unlike Jake and I, we fucking hate human if contact. If you hug me, it's 50 bucks, homie. I like big old kisses, too. So, if Only on the cheeks, though. If Only if you want to, consent. though. Consent. If you're at Flatwoods, just run up and give me a hug. Although cassette in West Virginia doesn't really mean much, right? <laughs> we love you, West Virginia. We really do. Um, and then we have so that's September seventh. Uh, we'll we'll on, I'll only be there Saturday. I think it's this sixth um, and seventh, but I think I'll only be there the seventh. And then we have Mothman Festival, which we're all looking forward to. Hell oh, yes! This will yeah. be this will be our first official. Everybody in attendance. And this um, is important because yeah. this is. Mothman last year is when we decided to start doing this. Yep. Yeah, it was actually. This yeah, it's a homecoming of sorts. Right. This, this is this is like our our mecca. You know what I mean? This is this is where this is where is, it happened. This who, all happened. Wait, who, whose idea was it to start a podcast? Was it yours, Jake? I think it, it was. was. Mine. Yeah. It, it was Jakey's. Yeah it was. yeah, it was his idea to start Moth this whole. Mothboy Jake's. No, 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 no. It's just no, Jake no. of the podcast called Mothboys. Moth okay, yeah, we yeah, got yeah, it now. Yeah. That's different. That's good. So we'll be there all weekend selling yes, we'll stuff. We'll be there that Friday, too. We probably will be selling stuff. But right. Friday. Yeah. Saturday we'll and Sunday. We'll be there. Yeah. Um, we'll be there. Uh, will we be there all day, or are we just going to make it for the Small Town Monsters film? We'll probably be there, you know, around, I don't know. Depends. Yeah. I want to get my Shonies in beforehand. Shonies. Yeah, Hell yeah, Shonies. Um, <laughs> I thought you said Shodies. Like, like, yeah. uh, like uh, people you want to... All right. So, anyways. Anyways. Yes. So, uh, Matt, did, what have you been up to? Um, 
let's see. What have I been up to? Uh, nothing really. Just being mostly being mostly being depressed and just kind of <laughs> sitting in my room. So sad. Yeah, I watched. Aww. Poor I think I think I I think I watched Jaws like four times like in a row just consecutively. That movie's sick though. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I can't even knock it, and I like to knock anything that's like popular. Yeah, so yeah, that's a good film. Yeah, it's a great film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good film. Um, okay, so Mike? you guys. Oh right, Mike. Do you want to ask about me or no? I don't know, yeah, Mike. What are you? Jesus, Matt. Wow. Like get right into it, huh? Let like, me guess. Nothing. Like nobody wants to be. Uh, nobody... Let me guess. Nobody went, wants to know about uh, Mothboy Mike and all the dates I've been going on. I knew it. Um, you had so many dates. You had a date recently, right? No. It's oh. only a date if they know you're a part of it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw Mike just following couples around and then pre- like laughing God. in the background at <laughs> things that the guy says. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Jake. I heard that you you recently were in attendance at the one of the uh, the furry convention up in Buffalo. Um, how was how was that? What yeah. did you What did you dress up as? Well, it was great. I dressed up as um, well. It was a homage sort of to this episode. Okay. Uh, I dressed Good. up as like uh, a a tiger and a lion, mm-hmm. a liger, mm-hmm. a liger. Uh, and it was a great time. You know, I was there with my um employer. Uh, they didn't know I was there for on their behalf. Um, they didn't really want to be associated with that kind of uh, tomfoolery. <laughs> no, no, under, very understandable. Um, very yeah. understandable. But let's yeah. just say uh, I saw some fine tail there. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, what do you guys do at these conventions? At my fest, it was mostly uh, just over over the fur stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you know, uh, a lot of hopscotch. Uh, <laughs> We play like you know, like Duck Duck Goose, fun okay. games like that. W- wasn't no? Was there any tuggies? Tuggies going around? <laughs> this uh, <laughs> it's got too offensive too quick. Fur- furries and tuggies go together though. <laughs> That's the thing. Can I can I ask you how much a um, a costume costs for one of these conventions? Well, if you know the right people, it's free. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but usually, uh, you know, I my first costume, I'm really passionate about this. Uh, right. My yeah. first costume was about, you know, like $300. I got a lot of it at Party City. Right. Um, but they were really mean to me. And, you know, they say, they're all like, go back to Party City where you belong. <laughs> and I'm, I was just offended. So, you know, I got into the, the deep you know furry community the underworld the dark web right the dark and, you web know, of... i made some connections through there uh-huh. and now my suit is like you know probably a retail of two to three thousand so when normal people when, when, when normal people look at you they go oh my gosh look at look at that animal walking and yeah like, Whoops. It, it's like right. real like right, life-size right, right. to like it's just maybe a lot of these cases of these uh phantom cats yeah. are just are, me are furries just, just walking just, just walking around the countryside yeah. Around. yeah so yeah the furry convention was great good uh, good i'm happy to hear my that. employer you know might have suspended me for a couple days for wearing their t-shirt over my furry costume over but, so yeah, yeah. Uh, not great uh I'm but they sorry. automatically knew it was you they're like they're just like that's Jake. Jake, Jake yeah. we know it's you, and it's just like, no, I'm uh, Ralphie, or what's your no. alter ego? <laughs> it was Tony the Tugger. <laughs> <laughs> Tony the Tugger. I like it. Okay, I like but it. yeah, that was, um, you know. So that must have been fun. The great times. Tony the Tugger. We have Tony the Tugger in studio with us. That's great. Still a better nickname than Mothboy Jake. Oh, it totally is. I think I like that, though. So that's going to bleed into our, our subject for today, which is phantom cats and matt's gonna take it away on this one i believe yeah so uh 
yeah, so like Mike said, the uh, this episode we'll be talking about phantom cats or mystery cats, large black cats, panthers, whatever you want to call them. They're being seen in places where they shouldn't. So I had the chance, actually, to speak with Alexander Petikov, director, media artist, explorer, cryptozoologist. He's legitimately like uh, Indiana Jones. I can't, I can't compare him enough to it. He is just like him. So is he like... Uh, I think we've compared many other people to Indiana Jones. Like, yeah. How is he like on a Josh Gates level to Indiana yeah. Jones? Oh, he's, he's up there with Josh Gates. But he's, it's, it's, it's cool. He directed that uh, uh, On the Trail of Champ. Did you guys see that? Did loved it. I just rewatched it, um, yeah. like a week ago. Did I'm you? a big fan too. I, I bought it. It's uh, it's it's really good. He directed that was his. It wasn't actually his first direct role, but like a major one, because uh, he did a, a little mini mini series on Bigfoot. Ooh. Uh, which where can was, we watch that? Uh, on YouTube actually. I just watched it on YouTube. It's like uh, Sasquatch out of the shadows. And he is currently working on a film that relates to this subject. It's called Lions of the East. But he's a sweet guy. We got to talk in quite a bit. And uh, That interview is coming later on. I'm a little bitter about this, though. Why is that? Because Matt, he thought I was an embarrassment. So he didn't let me be a part of this interview. Yeah. Uh, I understand like, why, based on what I was just saying like <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Basically, like I was like, oh, I want to be a part of this. I've never really, really done an interview. And then you're just like, you're trash, Jake. Yeah. You're trash. You're a trash boy. I just looked at him, and I got really close to his face, and I smacked the drink he had out of his hand, and I said, you're trash. You're trash. Like, you're trash. Why would... Why would you do that? And then Mike Why was just too nervous there? after seeing that to be on this interview. I, yeah, he, I was was, like, he was he was intimidated. I was shaking in my boots, as they say. You know? A little bit of but an ego, ego trip on this podcast. <laughs> I know. It's going to be the, the Matt Boys podcast. <laughs> soon. The Matt Boys. Matt Boys podcast. Um, That's awesome. So the Panther, or Panthera, is a member. Say Pantera. Pantera, hell yeah. Dude, I was just going to make a Pantera joke. No. Hell everyone. Yeah. All right, so. Vinnie Paul. Hell yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> To, to, to Rest in peace, dime bag. Oh, Rest God. in peace, bro. Oh, God. For everyone out in West Virginia, no, I did not say Pantera. <laughs> I, <laughs> I said Panthera. So the Panthera is a member of the big cat family and consists of leopards, cougars, and jaguars. Cougars? Cougars. What kind of cougars are we talking about John here? John Cougar Melling. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, okay, okay. That's what we're talking about. JCM, baby. Yeah. Okay. Love John Cougar Mellencamp. I also like the Sugar Ray album, Music for Cougars. Uh, Is that real? Yeah. Holy shit. Great album. 2009, Boardwalk was the lead single. Wow. You know too much about that. Music for Cougars is actually about these Right, these these creatures. Yeah. These Uh, Because Mark McGrath is a listener of our show, remember? Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. Don't sue us, Mark McGrath. Please. Sue us. Come at us, you little bitch. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Wow. So, apologize. um, (laughs) You say I'm sorry. <laughs> Mark McGrath did nothing to you. Um, so, bless your ears with years and years <laughs> of quality pop rock and music. So leopards, cougars, and jaguars. Uh, leopards are, or the leopards and jaguars are native to Asia and Africa. Cougars are native to, uh, to some areas of North America, or at least they were. And Cape Cod. And Cape Cod. And Cape Cod. Wait, really? There's a lot of cougars at Cape Cod. Oh, yeah! Um, So cougars are native to some areas of North America. Panthers range anywhere between 
120 to 210 pounds, and their length ranges from four to six and a half feet. Now, even though we're going to be talking about some sightings in North America, we are going um, across the pond to Sussex, England. Ooh, beautiful. Yes. I think... um, Actually, one of my one of my favorite podcasts are out of there. Ooh, uh, ooh tell us. Uh, Weird Norfolk. Weird Norfolk. Shout super out good. to them. Yeah, shout out to them. So we have a recent giant black cat or giant alien cat. cat. Alien cat. Yo, I was so excited Sighting. when you guys said it was alien cats. I was expecting like like you know like tigers, antennas, tigers with like, like the, you know like, yeah with antennas yeah. coming you know shooting lasers out of yeah. their eyes. Yeah, that would suck. Doof doof doof. So That's the noise they make when lasers shoot out, out of their eyes. So a large jet black cat around the size of a large dog was seen this week in forest, forestry north of Battle. So not big, right? I mean, dog. I mean, I mean for a cat, that's a, that's a pretty... I would say that's big, right? I frequent the subreddit called Chonkers, and it's about uh, <laughs> house cats that are really Chonkers. fat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I've seen some chonkers that are the size of a dog, so it's probably just a chonker, of, dude. Of I'm course, already calling BS on this. Of it could have been a chonker. Of course, I'll, I'll Tony my... the Tugger would be on these websites. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I'm also on some registries, too. <laughs> so this cat was seen chasing down and mauling a deer. Oh. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, oh dear. dear. It was as uh, reported by the witness running very fast in a cat-like way, unlike as a dog would, and also was described as having a long, long tail. So that's like a thing, like the long... Yeah. Long the, tails. The, the yeah. super long tail. And you said it was a panther, right? Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, so most of the reports <laughs> cool. that come in that's from badass. this area describe a similar-sized cat. However, it is usually seen at night crossing the main battle... Settlescombe Road. Ooh. Powder Mill. It sounds like shit goes down on that road. Oh, yeah. Settlescombe. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's a and, lot of bad powder stuff Powder Mill. Man, all these names are so fucking weird. Powder Mill Woods Just is another place where big cats have historically been seen on a regular basis. Yeah, so it's just weird. Like mountain lions and pumas are being seen over in Sussex, and they've never officially supposed to have been there. You know, they don't. They shouldn't exist there. I think that somebody's, some rich person bought a bunch of big cats and then they couldn't take care of them anymore. So they just put them in their helicopter, drove them over there, and dropped them off. Yeah, in their helicopter. Yeah, good, yes. good, good theory, right, guys? I like the theory. That's that's, that's a Malt Boys hashtag ex- exclusive. Exclusive. Yeah. Better believe it. Some rich person's just dropping them off everywhere over in Sussex. Harry Styles is Sussex. Yeah. So I think. Famous British people, Elton John, Sir Elton John. It was it was it. Sir Elton John. I can't think of who who else is British. I can't think Who's of anyone British? besides hmm. Elton John. There's no other British people other than Elton John. I hmm. think that's it, right? <laughs> Elton John. Yeah, yeah. Elton John's yeah. the only British celebrity that's yep. rich. Yep. Elton John, sponsor us. Yes, please. Rocket Man. Um, Available now on DVD and Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> so our next report- product placement, baby. <laughs> So our next report comes anonymously from Ohio. (laughs) I used to live up a road called Stony Run. One night in the early hours of the morning, I was awakened by my mom's ducks making a terrible (laughs) racket. (laughs) Affleck! (laughs) Affleck! Those damn ducks again! (laughs) 
Mom, the ducks woke me up again. Keeping the ducks in order. <laughs> so yeah, which their pen was close to my bedroom window. I saw the <laughs> panther, so I got up and got the gun and went to the. <laughs> <laughs> again, what's why is everybody's like. First, first, first reaction, grab a gun. Guns, baby. Get the guns. So he got the gun and went to the front of the house outside, turning on uh, turning on porch light. When I aimed at the huge cat, it looked at me with green eyes and opened its mouth, hissing at me loudly, showing me his teeth with two long teeth like fangs on each side. This is how it's written down. That's it, terrifying. It, yeah. Yeah. it is terrifying, yeah. I was so scared of missing the shot, I went back in the house. Two ducks was found dead within the... (laughs) (laughs) Ohio, get your shit together, man. So uh, a week earlier, there was uh, also two found dead in the same fashion. But was it ducks? It was ducks. Two more dead ducks. Two murdered ducks. Hope he called Four the, in total. Four I hope dead he, ducks. I hope he called the authorities on this panther. Yeah. Uh, they were killed in the same fashion. They weren't eaten. Uh, that was in 1982, though. So this person saw it when they were, you know, younger. Never forgot that night. Our next report comes from the state of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I tried to do an air horn. I'm sorry. So there was an animal resembling a giant panther which was sunning itself in a hayfield on a just Sunday lay, morning. Just, it was just chilling. It was just, just getting some sun. The man and another and another found the prints, which authorities said looked like those of a big cat. Uh, and this was on the news. All right, so our next story comes from Asheville, New York, which is the hometown of Mothboy Mike and Mothboy Matt. This comes from Ruth Freeman. What um, up, Ruth? What up, Ruth? Sponsor us. So I don't. I uh, <laughs> Freeman is actually not her last name. It's Freemasons, actually. It's free. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> the truth. So, uh, so Ruth Freeman was walking to her boyfriend's place on Fardink Road. Okay. Uh, I know where that is. I know where that is too. Okay, yeah. no one named Ruth has a, has a boyfriend. Oh come on! <laughs> if, you, if you're Ruth, and, if you're Ruth, and you have a boyfriend, get a hold of us. I'll give you Sponsor a free us. sticker. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, uh, this was uh, so she was walking on Fardink Road. It was it was uh, you know towards dark uh, in 1973. It was storming. Uh, halfway to her destination, it started to rain. She started to she started to uh, feeling as if she was being watched. You know that like, you know where, that you know yeah you know that feeling when you like you feel like you're being watched by a uh, a big cat. That's what she was feeling. Or I go to, I go to furry conventions. Or, so or just, I like, was just constantly being watched. You're constantly being watched. Um, yeah. So she started. Uh, she she started to have that feeling. Um, all of a sudden she started hearing noises in the woods. She stopped to listen shortly when all of a sudden uh, she looked forward on onto the road again. She saw a lengthy, thin animal on all fours. It wasn't me. <laughs> so she went out. She went, oh, shit, a bear. So so she went, shit, uh, a bear. Uh, but when she looked closer, uh, she saw it was a large cat about six foot in length. And a tail that was three feet. Oh, 
Okay, so six Big feet tail. plus the three feet. Plus the three for feet. For a total of nine, nine feet. feet. Holy shoot. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Uh, and had it had uh, black, long fur. She could tell because the skies lit up the surroundings with lightning. So it just like, with the, because That's of the majestic. lightning. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of horrifying a little so bit. So she could only see it because of the lightning. And uh, she said she was paralyzed with fear. Then the strangest thing happened. Its eyes started glowing red. Wow. Laser eyes. Alien cats. Alien cats. Alien cats. (laughs) So there was was the, the, the loudest sound of thunder and a bright flash. The panther was gone as if the large cat came with the storm. Oh, like it went back up into the clouds. Like, like she saw a loud, heard loud thunder, and then a bright flash, and the cat was gone. Oh, wow! So that's like a, a spiritual. That's like that's a, a ghost spiritual. Kitty. That's that's when it when it's a ghost when, cat. Yeah, when red eyes get brought into uh, cryptozoology, it always turns into something like super strange. Um, but I thought that was a fucking cool ass story. Um, Is that a Moth Boys exclusive? It is a Moth Boys exclusive. You're not gonna get that anywhere else. Nope. So yeah, now we've got now we've got the uh, the interview that I did with uh, because we're not we we're just rambling. We don't know what we're talking about. So we finally figured, you know, people who listen to us we're, for like the education. We'll talk to somebody that actually knows something. We want to talk to somebody who actually yeah. is like legitimately like smart. Who does things knows knows things. Yeah. Like so. If you like this, let us know. We can get more smart people on our podcast. Yeah. Yeah, a- a- exactly. And, and uh, you know, so I was able to interview him. Really cool guy. He knew a lot about uh, uh, about uh, phantom cats. Yeah, very cool guy. So here's the interview with uh, Mothboy Matt and uh, Alexander Petikov. Let's get into it. So you are a director and a photographer an adventurer you're like an indiana jones so i see your i see your photos and you're just traveling all the time um you know i i'm just waiting for you to have a picture with that sweet fucking leather hat and a whip and i'm like you are you are (laughs) indiana jones my friend like you explore you go do shit it's very cool um so tell me why why directing? Why get into film? What was your what what what's your interest in it? I don't know. I kind of was always just uh, really interested in in like documentaries and just videos in general, movies. Growing up, you know, lots of different influences, the classic action movies, all sorts of stuff. And I, I just always did home movies as a kid, little you know, kind of stuff. We'd hang uh, little dinosaurs on strings and kind of oh, awesome. use that as like. <laughs> them close to the camera and have the person stand in the background and make it look like they're getting attacked you know all kinds of stuff like that <laughs> that's and cool. uh i don't know as i got older i just kind of got more into it and uh, combining that with other interests like cryptozoology something that i think also really influenced me a lot was the documentaries and some of the series that i grew up watching uh on, on those subjects either paleontology dinosaurs or cryptozoology it was like those three things were kind of the ones i would watch a lot on and I just kind of uh, decided to go into that and start doing it for myself. And, you know, it kind of started when I traveled to Loch Ness in, I think, 2015 it was, where I was like, oh, I'm just going to do a little mini documentary about the subject. I grew up watching documentaries about Loch Ness. Why not yeah. 
finally make my own and, and it kind of took off from there <laughs> but um yeah that's that's sort of why i got into it i just kind of always enjoyed adventure and kind of traveling around and even when i'm home back in new england i'm always on the weekends you know hiking or trying to get out there and just explore the world and and see some of the mysteries that are still out there it's just kind of fun so um i'd like to talk to you about um lions of the east so you are you are it's in production right it is it is it is going it is um so what what got you interested on like in in making a film a documentary about mysterious cats like big black cats or big uh whatever you want to call them panthers panthers is or panthera right is is the is the kind of blanket term for all of that but what got you into that yeah there's plenty of different names yeah in production i guess that's what i'm what i'm saying since i'm dragging my feet with it not 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 gonna sugarcoat that you know just i'm 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 trying but um i I, look i'm interested in was it just takes uh, a while to get to get used like to 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 actually make a film and do everything that's necessary it 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 it, it takes a lot i'm sure so i understand and especially with your busy schedule you know you're always traveling and i get it i understand but also the poster who did the poster work that's fucking awesome oh uh, yeah that was matt harris who is an awesome ohio-based monster artist and he has done a lot of the uh, Small Town Monsters illustrations. So a lot of the stuff you'll see in, you know, like Boggy Creek and, and basically every film, I think he has something in it where it's, you know, he does a lot of the illustrations and he's done some of the other kind of poster work as well. I met him when I first met Seth back in like 2016, something like that, when he had the Minerva Monster Day event. And yeah. Matt did an awesome illustration of the mystery at Loch Ness documentary because I was showing that at, at Seth's event. So I got to meet him then, and I was like, I, I need to get him to do some artwork for me. And the poster just came out perfectly. I loved how it was, you know, you have the, the tawny sort of mountain lion, and then you have that, the black cat, the black panther yeah. in the background. That's something that's, like, omnipresent throughout this whole phenomenon. But what really got me interested in this subject would have to be, I guess, just growing up in New England – um, you know, and through high school, kind of being into the outdoors a lot and really into nature, always hearing stories of people who said they'd seen a mountain lion. And I guess at the time, which a lot of people kind of think is they, they didn't, they thought the mountain lions were, you know, animals that did exist on the East Coast, but actually they're technically not supposed to be. So you'd hear all these stories and they're, they're not supposed to be here, yet there's endless amounts of sightings and experiences. And, and then actually it was in 2011 I was in college in Connecticut when I heard of a mountain lion being hit outside of a extremely urban center of Connecticut that's like less than an hour from New York City. And I'm like, what? And and turns out yeah. the DNA testing said that it was from North Dakota or South oh. Dakota that it had traveled that whole distance. So I was like, that's very interesting. Wow. So I heard of that and then I heard of other sightings and I just kind of thought, hmm, well, I mean, this topic is worth looking at because, you know, when you're talking about cryptids, this technically fits perfectly within the realm of cryptozoology. You know, it's a missing, undiscovered or unknown animal. This is just a animal that used to live, used to be indigenous to the to New England, to the Northeast, 
and it was just extirpated, basically. Ex it's extinct technically in this area. Now, I use that term extinct loosely because uh, as, as I've come across, there's a lot of sightings and stories that date back to the 1930s. I mean, these animals were supposed to be extinct by the turn of of the 20th century, essentially from most of New England, when a lot of the logging and deforestation was done, that's believed when most of them were pushed out. But you, I've come across accounts from the 20s and 30s of people seeing both tawny, sort of regular mountain lion, and then also black panther-like animals, which are technically not even supposed to be in existence. The black panther element or the black cat element of the big cats, because uh, there's no known melanism in uh, the North American cougar, yeah. you know, which has many local names. You know, so in New England, most people call it a mountain lion, but some people call it a cougar, puma, panther, catamount. That's one other one. It just depends which part of the country you go. There'll be a different name for it, but it's puma concolorus. That's the scientific name. There, there is no really black specimens known, even in some of the more isolated populations in, say, Florida, the eastern mountain lion there really isn't uh that example so it, it kind of raises the question of what's going on there and and the see sightings that go back that far is pretty fascinating but um but yeah so the, to, to answer your question that's what really got me into it. it was just hearing all the experiences and i was like you know what you know because this fits squarely within zoology and cryptozoology i think it's a good sort of topic and most people can get behind the idea of a mountain lion. I mean, they know these animals exist. So yeah. to the general public, it's not like a Bigfoot or a champ where, you know, it's going to take most people a lot of effort to even give credence to the idea that this might exist, where this is, you know, a biological phenomena. But then there's this whole there's a whole other twist to it where there's, you know, document documentation and evidence that these animals have been in the East or are at some capacity and that there's almost some sort of a, I don't want to say cover-up, but sort of a willingness to let it go under the rug by the authorities in a lot of these states. And it's creating a big distrust of the public, big, uh, you know, sort of skepticism in government. I mean, not that that wasn't there prior. I mean, there's always yeah. been that sort of in the states, but, <laughs> but yeah. it definitely creates a lot of tension. And, and something I've come across is just talking to people is the big sort of oh that attitude of oh yeah they know they're here they're just denying it like that very nonchalant sort of attitude about it which is very now, interesting now the it, it is and 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 um actually black black panthers are more um are are native mostly to uh asia and africa am i am i right um because they just uh yeah the um I've actually had, like I said, in my hometown, multiple sightings of black panthers, which um, just shouldn't exist out there. And yeah. the panthers on the East Coast, like you were saying, have been extinct for a while now. So it is it is very strange that these people are, people are seeing something. Um, people yeah. are seeing large black cats in places where they should not be. And... Um, I guess, will this documentary be covering, um, certain thoughts on why these black panthers or, or just these panthers, mountain lions, anything, um, are coming back? Like what's, what's happening? How are they getting there? How, um, I, I think, and, and what I, uh, actually, 
the big cat mystery is one of my favorites, especially like on the East Coast, because it's like it's something it's some it's not like it's not like the chubacabra, you know what I mean? It's like it's an animal that existed, but doesn't exist in this area anymore, but it's still being shown up. It's like the thylacine in in Australia, uh, in Tasmania. It, it's yeah. it's gone extinct. It was it was hunted to extinction in the 30s, and um and the last one died in a cage, and uh but people are still seeing the thylacine around. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so with the with the Black Panther question, I don't. I'm, there's so there's leopards in Central and South America. I don't know if they have the ability to be melanistic. They might. Like you said they're really mostly in Asia and Africa and those sorts of places. But in the UK, they have plenty of Black Panther sightings, and that's a question of you know, they don't have mountain lions there at all. So that would have to be something else going on. But uh, there was actually a mountain lion recently seen in Sussex. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, did you hear about that? Yeah, it's 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 I it's did, cool. Um it's so there, that's another strange thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean it's like, I feel like this goes along the border of like something that like John Keel would write about, like like portals <laughs> opening up and then like Panthers coming out from the portal because like how the hell are they getting there? What 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 is going on, you know? It's crazy, but like it's weird because so for my documentary, you know, the focus is not necessarily on just black panthers. It's mostly on just mountain lions on mm-hmm. themselves. And you know, with the poster, the reason why I had that was, you know, the black panther thing is always kind of looming there. That's always a part yeah. of it. So I would say probably like seventy to eighty percent of the reports that I've read about or have been told directly to, like I've had, I've probably had, I'm going to say around fifty. Uh, reports either through social media or in person that people have told me just since last year since I started talking about this topic you know people saying oh well I saw this when I was growing up in this state or this in Massachusetts or this in Vermont or even just people coming up to me at events when I'll have my booth and telling me their stories that's probably the most common thing I get told about as opposed to Bigfoot or other stuff Uh, but 70 to 80 percent of the sightings will be normal sort of tawny mountain lions where the, the, the one characteristic is, you know, people always say that tail, it was so long, there was nothing else. You know, th- that was what I focused on or that's what I noticed. And that's, that tells you, you know, there's really only one thing that has that. You know, it's bobcats have a yeah. very small tail, other, other sort of cats, uh, lynx, uh, bobcat in this area, they don't have that long tail or, and they're not the same size, of course. So that was very interesting. And um, just, interspersed throughout these reports and some of the experts uh people i've spoken to that kind of investigate this phenomenon more in depth or more to dedicate more time to it have said that you know yeah minority of the reports are the black panther ones but they're still there i mean one of the ones i even heard about um from somebody i'd interviewed was uh it was their first experience was with a black panther type uh, cat and this was in you know 1940s in rural northern New Hampshire, you know less than 20 oh. miles from the border. So and then there was a book I had come across, uh, old campfire stories from the North Country in New Hampshire. You know really really amazing book, lots of crazy stories about uh, bears that holler at night in the mountains and you know that sort of stuff. <laughs> That's cool. A whole, whole couple of pages about um 
uh, Black Panthers and people seeing it. And one of them actually turned out to be someone's big hound that people had seen running around town, and that turned out to be the panther sort okay. of rash. Like, so that lent some, you know, explanation, got some explanation to it. But, but yeah, it's really interesting. Just some of the theories about why mountain lions would be returning to the east in general is that um, now, you know, New England and this area have so much more forest than it did even a hundred years ago. I mean, Vermont, Maine, New Hampshire, are some of the most forested states in the U S we're talking upwards of 90% forestation, a state like Maine, you know, most people live on the coast and you have all this land, literally infinite resources, uh, lots of deer and there's no big natural predators. I mean, we have 30,000 black bear in Northern New England. So there's that, but uh, if a big cat was in the area, it really wouldn't have much competition. So a theory is that, a lot of, or maybe few here and there, specimens are moving eastward from Western populations. So basically, the, the accepted range of the North American sort of uh, now is like the Rocky Mountains and up into the Dakotas and that area and then westward. That's areas where people have established populations and people live day to day interacting with these creatures if they live in this area. But there are sightings in the Midwest and in states down south, Louisiana, Texas, these areas that border these sort of known ranges. And then you have sightings going, obviously, up into the east. And uh, based on that Connecticut case alone, that opened the question of, well, these things are moving thousands, you know, hundreds of miles away from their known habitat. What are they looking for? In most cases, it seems to be juvenile males that are probably just looking to create a family of their own. Yeah. Kind of expand their range so they'll they'll wander around and maybe not find a mate that's kind of one of the theories so is that eastward expansion which i think definitely is happening from what i've seen like there's no doubt based on the yeah. connecticut case and other cases other states that, that is happening but then there's another school of thought where people are saying well maybe the they never actually went extinct that there were pockets that somehow managed to survive and and uh, based on other uh, species that have survived in very small sort of pockets, like there's, I think, a jaguar in parts of Indonesia that survived in a ridiculously small amount of forest that, you know, nobody thought there was any chance it could live there. And yet it was being seen years after most of the forests had been cut in that area. So that's one of the thoughts is that maybe these animals survived uh, in little pockets in, in, in the north or who knows where. Um but it's very much up for debate and the states in the area kind of play it off as if, you know, you report a mountain lion sighting, you're kind of telling yourself Bigfoot. It's that sort of level of response from a lot of the agencies. And, you know, I've talked to game wardens and people who work for you know, like the state of New Hampshire and they're, they're great people and they they're dedicated to their job. And they say, you know, look, we can't confirm every single sighting of a mountain lion there's just no way to do it. And they'll even admit, hey, you know, there probably are mountain lions passing through the state from time to time. And it ha it's happened. But then there's a few other cases where it just seems like there's almost like a cover up sort of thing going on. And, and I'm not pinning blame on anyone specifically, but I'm just saying in general, it's kind of <laughs> the, the way it, it, it appears. And I can go into more detail um, about that if you'd like. Uh, yeah, of course. And, 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 and it, it, also it seems in national parks there already is i don't want to it's not like conspiratorial or anything it's like well known but like they cover things up like the 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 missing 411 um type of stuff it, 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 it it's 
Now, I don't know if this is true or not. I read it online. Could be, you know, but the uh, National Forest, they don't keep like a large uh, database of missing people. So if that is true, you know, like if they cover that up, then it'd be likely that they would cover other stuff up. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to make like the the national forest systems, the the people that work there to be like some yeah. nefarious like you know, Bond villain or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like uh, but they do cover stuff up and it you know, it's not out of the it's not um it wouldn't be out of character if they did do that. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean thing to talk about individual agents or people who work for agencies you know the tons of great people that work for you know various state agencies federal agencies whatever but i mean is it really out of the character of a government to kind of cover things up from the people that's something we especially that are interested in these sort of uh paranormal and and cryptozoological subjects often will ponder <laughs> as, yeah. you, as you know but um, you know, it's just, it's, it's interesting. Like, for example, one of the cases, you know, it's a topic that seems relatively benign. You talk to people about mountain lions, right? They're like, oh, yeah, if they're returning east, that's great, whatever. Um, you know, why would there be such a response from government agencies? Perhaps they don't want a hysteria on their hands, people yeah. getting too tricked happy, or uh, it's going to take a lot of effort to get the public to kind of, that hasn't lived with mountain lions. Like, if you live in Colorado or Northern California or British Columbia, you're out in the woods, you probably have certain protocols you take about dealing with big cats. I mean, I know when I've been out west, uh, you know, and I've, I've certainly adopted that sort of way of thinking because you have to because they're there. It's it's their home, essentially, that you're kind of going into. You'd have to train people to deal with that. But uh, there, there are a few cases. For example, this past winter, I was emailed by a biologist who has worked with various sort of state agencies, a New Hampshire-based biologist who said that you know, I had done an interview for a local newspaper that was doing a story on mountain lions in New England, and they kind of got in the wind that I was doing the project. And, you know, there's a lot every every couple months there seems to be a big thing in New England where everyone's like fixated on mountain lions and talking about it and debating it. And there's like a f- fierce debate because everyone I, I kid you not, everyone knows somebody who's seen one. Yeah. Or, yeah. or knows somebody who's seen one. like it's it's that's why I say I, when I say it's the most um scene of like the cryptid in new england i'm not exaggerating that really is the case uh so uh, this biologist had emailed me and said you know hey I, I heard about your project um i don't use this word lightly but it's nothing short of conspiracy i had found scat of a mountain lion in 2001 up on a mountain in uh, northern kind of central new hampshire and i got it tested by a lab in montana and told of course the state of new hampshire and and uh, fish and game and you know kind of the, the wildlife agency and they sort of downplayed it and even contacted the lab out in uh, out west and had them kind of retract the, the statement about it being a, a male mountain lion and so that was very interesting i interviewed him and talked to him for a while and you know the guy's straight edge and very fascinating what happened to him and then another case just this past spring of a lady i'd interviewed they had had their horse attacked by something on a rural farm in central massachusetts uh, right near a big reservoir area that there's a lot of uh, wildlife in that area it's actually called the quabbin reservoir which is 
um, one of the largest reservoirs in, in the Northeast that feeds all, or provides water for all of Boston. So it's a huge, huge area and it's totally cordoned off and separate note, but there's a lot of Bigfoot sightings in that area that oh, uh, cool. the guys Squatcha choose its investigate. So it's fascinating that they kind of, these, these subjects brush up against each other, but uh, this lady had had her horse attacked by something. They had just found the horse in the morning with blood all over it and a very bad kind of gash in it. And um, oh. they essentially, they, you know, they had to figure out what was going on. They called the state. They didn't think mountain lion at all. They were thinking just, you know, something had happened, some bear or something like that. And, you know, they had found the state had said, well, it was due to owner negligence that the horse had injured itself. And if you <laughs> that's know, ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Well, if you know horse people, they're very into their their horses. Yeah, you know, they take good care of them. And I grew the up stable, in the country, man. I grew up next to farmers. They were we had. We had people who had horse and cattle and just all sorts of all sorts of stuff and and they they cared deeply about it because also also it's a they're uh it's a lot of money to own horses yeah. and a lot of money for cattle so that's their priority you know and in a lot of cases you know these animals like people have dogs and cats that are like their family members their horses are pretty similar yeah so you know once. Once they had been told this, uh, the, the, this woman and her husband, you know, they were obviously very upset that the state had said that. And they said, you know, we're, we're determined to get to the bottom of this. So she said she went around the property on her hands and knees trying to figure out what was going on. And they had found kind of a broken latch from a, a gate. And they had also found scratches on a fence post, tufts of hair that were stuck in the fence post, and uh, blood trails on the bottom of the fence. Way too low to be a horse. So... You know, good thinking was she scooped the hair up and chipped off the little blood samples on the little wooden fence and sent that off to a lab in Florida. You know, again, they were thinking that this was a bear or some kind of dog. They just wanted to prove that it wasn't their fault that the horse yeah. got injured. Yeah. And uh, lo and yeah. behold, a couple months later, they get a, a result back saying it was a male puma con colorist, a mountain lion, which wow. really blew them away. So they tell they tell the state of Massachusetts and the state of Massachusetts then says, well, we need kind of to get this independently verified by uh, a separate lab of our choosing that we both agree to do. So Sketchy I guess they, area I right they, here. Yeah, very, very weird. So I guess they went with I, I believe it was a lab out in Arizona. I, I can't remember if it was university affiliated or not, but mm. uh, they ended up doing that and, and the, the results were the same. It was a male mountain lion, and then that's when phone calls stopped getting answered, and everything kind of went silent. And this this incident happened in 2016, and they're still waiting for anything back from the state. And it was kind of, it seemed, in their opinion, it just seemed like it was kind of brushed under the rug. So th those two instances kind of talk a lot about that. And having talked to other people, it seems like there's that general sort of trend. And but like I said, having spoken to individual game wardens and officers of uh, fish, you know, fish and wildlife in these departments, you know, they get pinned as the bad guys, but uh, it, a lot of times it's kind of the higher ups that are probably more, you know, pulling the policy kind of line. So, yeah, so everyone's so kind of stuck in a hard place. And meanwhile, people are having sightings and people are having experiences. So right. uh, that's, that's really, you know, the kind of the, why I thought it would have been interesting to explore this. Cause it really, like I said, there's, there's a public interest. Every couple months, there's a new story that comes out on, public radio or one of the newspapers will put it out and 
it's a big debate. It's very contentious. And people are like, oh, it's every, there's a lot of hoaxes. It's people playing pranks. But I've, I've interviewed a lot of people and even friends that I've known for a long time that have come out and said, well, you know, I had a mountain lion sighting when I was younger hunting in Vermont. A good buddy of mine just told me that recently. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. I, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Super cool. I do want to ask you one more one more question. And uh, what is what is your if you do have one? What is your favorite uh, big cat story that you have been told? If you can say that, you know, if you want to, you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most of the sightings I've I've heard about have been the, the classic road crossing which mm. either at or in daytime. So that gives people a really good chance to see the tail and they're seeing it against the backdrop of a road, which is a man-made structure. So it obviously is, is easier to differentiate it from the foliage and whatever the case may be in the woods. I would probably have to say, I feel oh, that's a really tough one. Favorite sighting I've been told about. Like the most, intri- I, the most intriguing, I guess. And, and that's like, that's like the dead giveaway. You know, you're looking at a Panther is just by um, the tail. That's what you need to look at because the length of a tail of, of a panther is very different than many feline, uh, uh, many members of the big cat family. You know what I mean? So, like, you're not mistaking this for any other type of, like, bobcat. You're not looking at it, and you're not saying, like, maybe that was a bear. No, the tail was this long on it, you know? Like, well. I, I think I'd probably have to go with that horse attack story. Not, and it's, yeah, I guess it's not cool. really right? because they never had seen it. But uh, the way it worked was that the, there were the two horses that they had. One was a smaller one and the bigger one. And what they said was the bigger one was obviously very protective of the little one. You know, they, it was kind of the old, the bigger brother sort of character. And whatever had happened, they believed that this big cat was actually killed because it was its blood that was found on the fence. So. And the, the, the latch of the gate that was broken was found strewn in the yard. So what they thought was maybe this big cat had either tried to mount, as big cats will do on larger prey, the smaller yeah. horse. And the big one had somehow kicked it because they said that the scratch marks were embedded in the side of the fence post with these tufts of hair. So it seems like the, the, the cat would have hit the fence post with some amount of force so maybe the big horse kicked it into there and then it limped off bleeding and could have gone off in the woods somewhere to die Uh, it's just interesting to imagine what happened and another person who was involved sort of in this case a guy who uh, really had spent some time working as kind of a conservation officer in massachusetts had been finding um, strange scat all across near in that area for years up until that point and once that incident happened, he said that's after that he stopped finding this this scat, which looked very feline. He had never had it tested, so it wasn't confirmed. But you know, he was pretty confident it was mountain lion scat. So there was just so many elements to that story, and the fact that there's that 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 government sort of element to it. I just think it's probably one of my favorite, not so much as sightings, but experiences, because you're trying to piece together what actually happened with those horses, and then the aftermath. I mean, the horse it survived, but it has I mean, I even yeah. enough to meet that horse when I went out there. It had the big gash because they said that the the, uh, the cut was so. But you could put your hand in one side and your fingers would come out the other. So no, it was a pretty, way. pretty gnarly gash. The horse survived and it, you know it's fine now. But yeah, um, just 
that story obviously would be pretty significant because it would also be another confirmation and perhaps because it was a, a violent attack that, that that is maybe one of the reasons why it's not being as uh, as acknowledged as readily as, as as it might be because there may be a concern that people will freak out and think oh there's killer mountain lions on loose or whatever so yeah that's probably my favorite story is that one and that one will be talked about heavily in the documentary so cool. well i cannot uh, I, can't, I can't wait for the documentary to come out it's uh I, I'm very excited, and um, also I want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. It was awesome talking with you, and I do plan on making another trip out your way, so we're going to have to go get drinks, go hang out, maybe grab dinner or something. That would be great. Absolutely. Last, you know, last time it was it was a bummer we didn't get to meet up. I was I traveling to Colorado the next day, and next time when you come up, we'll we'll go to the Bridgewater Triangle or do something something along yes, those please. lines. Can we go to the Hockamock <laughs> Swamp? That would be Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right, my either way, man, I'll see you yeah. in uh, see you in Ohio then. Yeah, I'll see you in Ohio soon. Um, all right, thanks for coming on, and also, uh, so everyone, Alexander Petikov, follow Petikov Media, follow his personal page. It's filled with beautiful photography. He's got movies coming out soon. Um, he is a Renaissance man, so go support him. Um. All right, so thank you for coming on to Moth Boys. I appreciate it, my friend. Um, I will talk to you later. Appreciate it, brother. Have a good one, man. Later. All right, so that was the interview with Alexander Petikov. Thanks. Sorry for, for being on our show. I do regret <laughs> things I said. Uh, I feel bad, but you know, you, you, no, you he was we, he, we love we he love was you. our he was our first victim too, like our first yeah first interview yeah. So and thank I you, think thank he's going to tell all his friends, do not interview don't, on Moth Don't you Boys. dare. Please, do this. if these guys ask you, just say just say no. No, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, so what What does everybody think um, the story, or do you believe in these big cats, the phantom well, cats? I think more of the, the story is why are... Why are panthers showing up? Why are why are panthers showing up in places where they shouldn't exist? So you're not questioning if it's real or fake. They're you're obviously just, real. yeah, they're real. They're just animals. Yeah. But why are they showing up in weird places? Yeah, I think it probably has something to do with portals opening up and then right, right. them I mean, being that, able to travel have, through the portal. Animals. And yeah. he goes portals. Portals. <laughs> it's definitely. Portals. I'm going to John Keel it and say it's portals. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm into that. I think I like that too. I'm going to say portals too. I'm gonna say, um, you know, I don't want to get on my environmental stand right now. Okay. But, well, don't uh, do it then. <laughs> America, um, we're cutting down our, our wilderness, yep. our forest, okay, uh, and the deforestation. You're uh, so sympathetic, Jake. Uh, of the United States, you know, maybe they're hiding in there, but they can't anymore because we're just tearing down their environment. What to build another Dollar General? It's a shame. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> So you think it's just human beings kicking these creatures out, and they have and to go somewhere? Yeah, that's right. why we're seeing them. Right, that makes sense. Well, yeah. that's our that's our episode on yeah. phantom fucking cats. Thanks for sticking around. We love you. We love. Well, yeah, we love you. I we guess. love you. We love you. Yeah. All right. We'll Bye. see. We'll, we'll we'll see you all at at, at the Flatwoods and Mothman Festival.
Podcast Scratch Fever. <laughs>